Hi, you're listening to the Wealthy Mujer Podcast with Marisol Isabel, a podcast created for the powerful, brave, and beautiful chingona that you are. This space is for the woman that understands that wealth is so much more than money and status. It's about living the life you undeniably deserve. Let's give ourselves permission to redefine wealth and invite everyone to the table because juntas podemos más. So pour that glass of wine, put on those headphones, or strap that seatbelt, and let's grow together. Affirmation of the week. It's okay to not want what is externally expected of me. I am strong enough to make decisions for myself versus what other people expect from me. I validate that I'm allowed to change my mind, see things differently, and to be a new version of myself that people may not approve of. The only approval that I need when making decisions for my life is my own. Society and cultural norms no longer define me. I am creating my amazing life vision and I'm empowered to show others that my way is my personal right way. It doesn't have to be theirs. What is up, my wonderful, wealthy mujeres? Happy whatever day you're listening to this episode. I hope that this episode finds you well, taking care of yourself and romanticizing every moment life gives you. Welcome to the Wealthy Mujer Podcast. I'm your host, Marisol Saula, Latina life coach helping women reclaim their power, break ceilings to gain wealth and live abundantly. So this is a bit of a curveball episode because it isn't the original episode I had started working on. Uh, This topic came to my heart super heavy and I told myself I cannot be the only one in the world feeling this way. So I want to start by saying that this will be a very, very vulnerable episode. And I 100% promise you that I'm good. I'm safe. I have my circle of humans that hold me when I need it and that I am ready to share with the world a very big life decision in hopes that if you're in a similar place as I am, you find support, validation, and a place to be safe sharing your truth also. As you may know, the wealthy mujer lifestyle isn't just about wealth in terms of money. I talk about wealth as a way of living life a multifaceted way of embracing wealth in our lives. It's why I created the six different categories of wealth that I believe encompass how to live an abundantly wealthy life. Those categories are purpose, relationship, health, spirit, communication, and money. For this episode, I'm going to focus on purpose, relationship, and spirit. They tie in perfectly to what I want to share. And without even knowing it, my spirit was already trying to show me I knew the answer to my questions all along. Okay, I feel like I'm talking in riddles, but it'll all make sense, I promise. Okay, so let's go. Thank you for helping me again have a safe space to share. And thank you for understanding this is, again, something super vulnerable for me to share. Okay, so what I felt called to share on this episode is that I'm 99% sure I don't want to have kids. I'm going to take a big deep breath for that there. Um, I said it. I said it and it feels scary because the first thing I think um, about is that 1% that likes to ask me, what's wrong with you? Every woman wants children. Are you sure? First of all, we know that that's not true. 
that not all women want kids. But man, you know, does my brain get fixated on that 1%. So this all came about recently because I was having one of our very deep conversations about my life with my husband, Francisco. And while I'm crying, sharing all my very large emotions with him, I literally just blurted, I want to be a mom, but I don't want children. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. I told him I need to basically grieve my decision of not having kids. And although I am making a decision that is best for me, I still feel like I need to grieve what would have been if I did want kids and if I did have kids. And for a very quick caveat here, I have the best two stepkids in the entire galaxy that truly give me one of the biggest reasons to live and be the best stepmama I can be for them. I have been in their lives since 2014 and they are literally the sweetest, kindest, smart asses, most loving kids. And I am literally so unbelievably grateful they're in my life. And being a stepmom is this huge gift that also comes with so many complexities and emotions. I'm, I won't get into details about my relationship I have with their mother, but I will say on my part, there's a level of respect for her in validation of her primary role as their mother. So back in the day, my family used to refer to me as the niñera, la niñera, the girl that loved kids. Having lots of cousins that are older than me, I was able to babysit and love on their babies and be the best aunt to them. I would much rather stay babysitting on the weekends than go shopping or go to yard sales. Um, I don't know if this happens with your families that are out of state or out of country, but most of my family that visit us from Mexico always took advantage of yard sales and malls. Uh, So I remember at our church uh, that I used to go to, we had like an annual carnival, Las Fiestas. And instead of wanting to hang out with my friends, I'd want to take all the little kids on rides. And I felt a sense of pride being their sense of safety and support. I always had the thought process that naturally every woman becomes a mother. I just never daydreamed of being one. Yes, I definitely had names picked out and I knew I wanted four, but that's about it. From the age of zero to 12, I had a baby doll. (laughs) Wait. That is like a sexy outfit. I had a doll (laughs) with a life-size stroller and even a car seat my mom bought me at a yard sale. The older I got, the more I felt the need to leave the baby in the car when we'd go out. But usually you'd see me with a real-size stroller with a real-size baby. I loved the idea of nurturing and taking care of someone. That's what I was. I was a nurturer. I was a helper. And that is why I know the Enneagram 2 fits so perfectly for me. If you don't know about Enneagrams, I will definitely have to make that an episode. But you know what I would dream of? I would dream of a high-rise office with a corner view Or I would even dream of being the first Latina woman president of the United States. I actually wrote a middle school paper on it and I think I got a B plus. I didn't even think about marriage when I was younger, especially seeing my parents go through their separation. That in itself was a crazy ass trip, my friends. But a story for another day on the quote unquote 
¿Qué dirán la gente? What will people say mindset that my parents had through their separation and divorce? Okay, so now I'm going to talk to you about 2002, and I'll tell you why it's important. On February 15th, after spending the night at my best friend's house, shout out to Louie and our fun sleepovers, I came home super tired and cranky. Um, it was later in the evening that I was washing dishes, and just my nephew was here, and we were just chatting and talking that my mom just passed out. She fell on the floor, passed out. After 10 days in the hospital, we were told that my mom had a very serious lung and heart issue. And without a heart and lung transplant, she had a year or so to live. My life changed forever that day. My childhood and my carefree life ceased to exist. Like it was gone in a flash when I was told that my mom had a year or so to live. I now had this constant worry that at any given time, my mom's lungs and heart would stop working and she'd just die like she passed out in front of me. She is alive today because of science and faith, but what has never gone away is the looming fear that she could at any given time get worse and die. So what did I do? I became her mama, her caregiver of emotional, mental, and even at times physical state. I never in a million years imagined my dad would be the first one to die before my mom. And on July 27th, 2014, in front of my sister, my mom and I, my dad took his last breath. Two and a half years of my dad's cancer and dementia getting worse and worse. And what did I do? I also became his mama especially as he became my little baby boy, the more he forgot how to eat, how to drink, and even bathe himself. I bathed my father multiple times. I cared for him with pure tenderness because my papi had become my baby that relied 100% on my sister, my mom, and I. I remember telling the night CNAs and the nurses to call me when he would have manic episodes in the middle of the night. It's what we call in dementia the sundown um, episodes. Because even if he didn't remember who I was during that episode, when I'd get there, he'd calm down. I cuddled with him and we would peacefully fall asleep together. The last New Year's he was alive, I left the party I was at and rang the new year, holding his hand while he slept. Basically, all this to say that I became a mother of not one terminally ill parent, but two. And let me tell you, it is emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically exhausting. I'm so beyond grateful that my mom is still with us, and I'm grateful that I get to continue being her support. But in my eyes, I've been a mother figure since February 15th, 2002, since I was 15 years old. And I'm not going to lie, I, I got tired. I truly believe situations and life circumstances do play a big part in decisions you make for your life. And I also deep down inside know if I truly felt having children was part of my journey, it wouldn't matter what I went through. I'd still want to have children. I'm most certainly not the only daughter on this planet to take care of their sick parents and go on to have children and feel fulfilled with the choices that they made. 
So I validate that everyone has different experiences. So I'd say for about the last five years, I've been going back and forth on the thought of children. I would constantly speak to my therapist about it and I'd constantly make pros and cons list. So even in 2020, we actually went to a fertility specialist to get checked and we were advised we would have wonderful chances of getting pregnant naturally. So ask me how I felt. I mean it. (laughs) Ask me how I felt when he said that. I actually can tell you what I didn't feel and I definitely didn't feel like super excited that I had all the good signs to have children. So then in June of 2021, my wonderful husband asked me to marry him and we got engaged and I wanted a super fast engagement and to get married rather quickly because I wanted to get pregnant right after the wedding because my viewpoint at the time was I'll be 35 by the time I get married and The oldest time narrative, quote unquote, my clock is ticking. I need to have at least two kids before I'm 40. Girl, hold up. Wait. So we got married February of 2022, the best moment of my life. And I immediately decided to quit my job right after in March of 2022. And I start a business. I told myself, okay, Marisol, I'll decide by 37 if I want kids or not. Right now, I want to put all my energy on creating a business. So a few months later, so this was a few months ago, I was having a conversation with one of my best friends, Anna, and I'm telling her, like, I just don't know if I want kids or not. And so mind you, without anyone really knowing, I pay super close attention to what my besties talk about, about their kids to see if maybe I had felt something like that before, or basically I was on a mission to see if I was missing something or not. In that conversation, Anna, ugh, Anna decided to ask me a question that figuratively knocked me off my feet and whew, took me by surprise and That question was, Maddie, why are you trying to persuade yourself to have kids? Why are you trying to convince yourself that you want kids? Oh my God, why why am I doing that? And my gut response was, well, isn't it what I'm supposed to do? Be an adult, start a career, buy a house, find a husband, get married, have kids. Don't all women want this? Of course, that's not true. I get it, right? But again, it's the cultural and society norms that we believe are true. So from that day on, that's when it became pretty clear to me that I was 99% sure that kids were not part of my human experience. So I remember crying in one of my many crying sessions, telling Francisco, my husband, but what if I regret not having kids like at 48? To which he replied, but what if you don't? And if you do, there's so many different ways to have children. We can figure out a plan then. So that reassurance was so important to me. So many of us are running against this make-believe fertility clock that doesn't help us be at peace to make the decisions that truly align best with our desires and our life purposes. I like to think that everyone experiences a variation of motherhood. Ultimately, who we mother the most is ourselves. Our kids grow up and become independent. Our parents pass from this earth. Our partners live their own life as they choose. And the only person that actually sticks with you till the end of time is you. So in all actuality, we all have the responsibility that comes 
with our own motherhood. Our parents in all capacities did better than their parents and their parents did better than their parents. But what happens is our parents and the generations from the past they end up plateauing as we, their children, are still growing and evolving. Therefore, their parenting no longer fits our needs. This is not something bad at all. This is actually a beautiful part of evolving and growing in this human experience. Eventually, you will too plateau and your kids will become the adults that can sufficiently parent themselves and be wonderful, whole, and complete humans because they don't rely on anyone else to nurture, love, and guide them anymore. Now they do it on their own. I also feel called to tell you something that you may think is a little out there. Again, I am 100% aware that I'm not a biological mother, but I've had these conversations with mothers, so I know that it has some level of truth. I think it's okay if you do have kids that it's safe for you to admit you absolutely adore your children. And at the same time, it's super safe to tell me or to tell yourself, quote unquote, this is not what I signed up for. I think we need to give everyone the safety of sharing what really they feel in their hearts because nine times out of 10, that's all that needs to be done is to listen, is to help mamas have a safe container where they can share their deepest, scary feelings and thoughts, knowing that the person that is listening is giving them so much love and compassion and empathy because you will never stop adoring your child. But I know you also need to redefine the new you that now has a new hat to wear. If you don't have someone to feel safe with and sharing your deepest scary feelings and thoughts in a non-judgment and shame-free environment, I want to be that friend for you. Share it with me. I want to remind you that allowing yourself, giving yourself full permission to say, what you think and feel about something that may contradict what you're quote unquote supposed to think can be really scary, but I want you to know that you're not alone. And although I am deciding not to have children, I know what it is to love someone unconditionally. And I also try to figure out who the fuck I am while other things feel completely out of my control in my life. For those of you that are like me and have decided not to have kids, please reach out to me because sometimes it feels really lonely over here. If someone ever tells you they wish to not have kids, this is the best, most beautiful response I've ever heard. Congratulations, I love that for you. I'm so glad you made a decision that works for your life. My dear friend Carmen in a nutshell told me that and I didn't know I desperately needed to hear that until she said it. Because most of the time when I tell people they're not having kids, it's, oh, you can't have kids or why not? You'd be such a good mother. For those of you that haven't decided, take your time, follow your heart and ask yourself if you're trying to convince yourself that you want kids or is it the opposite? For those of you that have been trying so hard to have a child with adoption, infertility, IVF, whatever it may be and the road is hard and long. I am rooting so hard for you. I am, my love. I'm rooting so hard for you. 
I want for you what your soul wants for you. You are powerful and strong and you will get through this. I'll end with the following. Motherhood can be defined in a million different ways. And I want you to always honor your own definition of it. I want you to have your own unique relationship with it. And most importantly, I want you to ask yourself, am I mothering myself the way I need to be nurtured, loved, and guided? If your immediate gut answer is no, that's okay. And now there's awareness and now there's this beautiful opportunity to create a new relationship with it. If your immediate answer was yes, that's beautiful. Now, how do you continue to mother yourself? Not just when things are great. How do you show up for yourself when shit gets hard? There will always be evolution in what type of mother you need to be for yourself. Be kind, be gracious, and be compassionate with yourself. Thank you for sticking with me on this episode. Thank you for letting me share a very vulnerable piece of my heart with you. And thank you for helping me feel safe, validated, and understood. I hope wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and whatever day of the week it is, you see your worth and your power. I am rooting for you always. I'm Marisol Isaula, your wealthy mujer amiga, your life coach, and the one that sees all of you and loves you for it. Thank you for tuning in. Talk to you next time. Interested in working with Marisol Isaula? Click the link below to schedule a complimentary coaching call to help you find clarity on your next steps to regain power, build a roadmap to success, and live a wealthy and abundant life.